Hey, great news, everyone. Back with another new episode of Paranormally Speaking. This week, I, Neil Parks, your host, will be discussing the fact that you can love ghosts, but can you love ghosts? If you know what I mean. There have been a few stories circulating the past few years about people coming forward discussing open relationships with entities, spirits, ghosts, whatever you want to call them. Uh, One woman, in fact, had been engaged and planning to marry a spirit that she had met. Uh, Joy Behart from The View has been openly discussing sexual encounters with the supernatural. And so many other celebrities and people of notoriety that have come forward and talked about sexual encounters with spirits. That's what I will be discussing this week. A little gross, probably, but it's still fun to discuss. Today is officially Halloween Day, as I'm recording this, and I am sitting here with my leg propped up because I tore my meniscus. And yesterday, I had experienced more pain than I knew possible. Uh, However, my wife reminded me that it's nothing compared to childbirth, so I'll give her that. But the pain was so intense, it felt like someone took a drill through the side of my knee and poured lava into my leg, into the bone. It hurt so bad, I couldn't breathe or speak or think. And by the time I got to the hospital, I sat in waiting for close to eight hours before they even took me into the back and gave me pain medication No one offered me any ice to put on it, nothing to help with the pain, nothing to numb it, soften the blow, whatever you want to call it. This is the United States of America, and I sat in a waiting room after being brought in on an emergency squad, like we were in a third world country. It was absurd. It should not be like that in the United States. However, it appears that we are heading in that direction. And either no one knows how to stop it, or no one really cares to try and stop it. But this week I'll be discussing sex with ghosts. Please hold for an important message from one of our sponsors. Hello kids and adults and the listening audience. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author and paranormal expert. I'd like to wish all of you a very happy Halloween. You are listening to Big Bad Daddy Wolf's Halloween special on 96.6 The Wolf. If you'd like to learn more about me, then you need to get to Google and search at The Neil Parks or my bookstore website, which is www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash Neil Parks. Thanks. Have you had enough or are you thirsty for more? We have returned from our commercial break to discuss Joy Behar. She continues to insist that she had a menage en trois with ghosts. Casper was not a generous lover, the View co-host dished on last Thursday's show. Joy Behar of The View scared up a lot of controversy last week when she claimed she had carnal encounters with ghosts, but she stuck to her story on Thursday's episode. Behar first made the spooky sex claim on October 20th, while the panel discussed a story about a Texas woman who believes her house is haunted by horny ghosts. I've had sex with a few ghosts and never got pregnant, Behar told her co-workers. 
the titillating topic came up again on Thursday's show during a discussion about a New York Times article on people who believe their homes are haunted. View panelist Sarah Haynes noted the attention Behar received after her first confession. Joyce embraced hers intimately so, Haynes said. Everybody talked about your sex with ghosts, she added. As clippings from various magazines appeared on the screen, it broke the internet. Behar doubled down on the claim and insisted her spooky sex sessions were legit, although not necessarily pleasant. So let me just set the record straight, okay? It's all true. It's all true. It's all true, Behar said. I have had sex with ghosts. I just thought Casper was not a generous lover. The menage en trois, it was almost like having sex with myself. So yes, it's true, ladies and gentlemen. So then address the media. Yes, People Magazine write another story, which they go on to say Joy Behar doubles down on her claims that she had sex with ghosts. Let me set the record straight. It's all true. It's all true. It's all true. Ghost researcher Alexander Holzer told HuffPost in 2012 that people who report having sex with a ghost report feeling pressure on them and even penetration. But ghosts don't offer warmth, she added. When they're in the room, it's a very cold environment. However, psychotherapist Tina Rasenwaltz told The Mirror that ghostly sex might actually be a type of hallucination that occurs during the transition between wakefulness and sleep. Such hallucinations can be extremely vivid and bizarre and can include tactile, visual, and auditory. She went on to say that stress, anxiety, and depression, and trauma can make people more prone to this form of hallucination. And they just keep coming. No pun intended. This one's about Kesha. Kesha has played down her claim that she once had sex with a ghost. Back in 2012, the TikTok singer told late-night host Conan O'Brien she had been in the to-the-bone zone with a ghost, an experience that has led her to explore the paranormal in a Discovery Plus series called Conjuring Kesha. However, speaking to E! News Daily Pop several weeks ago, the star revealed the encounter was less sexual than her original description. I was in Fort Worth, Texas, she remembered, and I had something wake me up while I was in bed with my boyfriend at the time, and it was a touch down the body. I woke up and looked at the end of the bed, and there was an apparition of a woman. The 35-year-old continued. So, full disclosure, I never actually slept with a ghost, but she did wake me up in a very sensual way. The bizarre incident wasn't her first involvement with the spirit world. I've been experiencing weird stuff since I was little, and it's always been in me to be fascinated with the supernatural, the paranormal, and the unexplained. She said at that point, describing her new uh, her new show and attempts to reconnect with otherworldly beings. Kesha noted, filming the project has been the most absurd, fun, wild, life-changing thing I've ever done in my entire life. Conjuring Kesha is on Disney Plus. Sorry, Discovery Plus on Fridays. Experience Columbus's newest and most entertaining haunted attraction, Carnage Hollow.
Haunted House. Carnage Haunted House and their monsters return to an all-new indoor 60,000-square-foot location at 3770 Refugee Road, home of intense terror that's guaranteed to scare. Featuring the bayou, the entity, and more. Experience the thrill of two of Columbus's most immersive attractions and terrifying all-indoor haunts under one roof. For ticket prices and hours of operation, visit them on Facebook or check out CarnageHauntedHouse.com. Gosh, I hope my mother's not listening. This is a bit of a break from the norm. Is this the horniest haunting in America? Paranormal experts probably disagree about the location of the nation's most aggressive haunting, but the location of its horniest haunting, I think that's clear. Gainesville, Texas, where one landlord's former rental property is filled with ghosts who want to get their freak on all night long. That's according to local ABC affiliate station WFAA, which spoke with the owner, Linda Hill, about the atmosphere in this spooky homestead. In a word, it's sexual, she said. There's no other way to put it. Hill told WFAA that she and her husband saw 10 tenants cycle through the house, now available to rent only on a short-term basis, exclusively for ghost hunting purposes in two years before she herself had an encounter. She was showering, she said, and she noticed a dark figure peering at her through the shower curtain. When the figure whispered, looking good, Hill thought it must be her husband flirting until her husband walked into the room and asked her whom she was talking to. Since then, she has allowed several paranormal investigators to poke around with their ghost barometers yielding erotic results in their electromagnetic voice phenomenon recordings. She claims to have heard the dearly departed moaning things like, oh baby, oh baby, yeah, and yeah, I like it like that. There's also allegedly a bathroom door that refuses to stay closed, no matter how firmly you shut it, which, well, sounds like the shade of a long dead perv still hell-bent on peeping. Hill believes the relentless sexiness stems from the building's history. Originally built in the 1840s, it supposedly served as a brothel, thus the lingering horniness. Unrelatedly, Hill calls one room the murder room, because almost every psychic that walks in reports seeing a dead body sprawled on the floor. On top of that, someone plonked a 19-foot well in the middle of the floor plan, an amenity that isn't necessarily relevant to the haunting, but feels weird not to mention. If ghost sex is real, and many credible sources including Kesha, Lucy Liu, The Cut, Joy Behar from The View, and of course the non-fiction biopic Ghost, starring Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze, suggest it is. Spirits usually take the initiative, then sexy ghosts must exist, too. Unparalleled insider access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. 
have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer detail supply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. A British woman who claimed to uh, have that she's had sex with at least 20 ghosts says she's now engaged and prepared to be married to a poltergeist. Last December, I shared a short story with you that was shared with me from British TV show ITV this morning. She apparently cheated on her fiancé with a ghost originally and has since gone on to have supernatural affairs with at least 20 paranormal beings, according to this source. Well, now she says she's found true love with an apparition. Realm said the ghost asked her to get married during a trip to celebrate their nine-month relationship at England's Wookie Hole Caves. Wookie Hole. Sounds interesting. According to The Sun, there was not going, uh, there was no going down on one knee. He doesn't have knees, she says. But for the first time, I heard him speak. She told The Sun, I could actually hear his voice, and it was beautiful, deep, sexy, and real. The 30-year-old said she met her spooky match, who doesn't have a name, during a work trip to Australia in February of 2018. I'd not had a phantom fling for a while, and I was away on business all the time. Starting a new relationship was the last thing on my mind, the Bristol-based spiritual counselor told the son. Then one day, while I was walking through the bush, enjoying nature, I suddenly felt this incredible energy. A new lover had arrived, Realm said. Her friends and family have embraced her unusual engagement, and now she is planning her big day in a pagan ceremony. We haven't discussed the details yet, but I think it will be quite a big to-do, she said. However, the couple has already had sex on the plane back from Australia when they first met. I don't know if that would be a Mile High Club thing or they just happened right there in the seat in front of everyone, but I hope there were no children present. I was happy and excited, so excited that we had to do something, she said. So we <coughs> headed the plane low and uh, well I am now a member of the Mile High Club the bride-to-be added this that the engagement is much more satisfying than her previous living fiance sorry I got choked up a second ago this is just too unbelievable for words sometimes I get the feeling that I'm being moved she said orgasms I have with my spirit lovers have been way more satisfying than any I've had with ordinary men now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now, number one for podcasting. I remember a few years ago, a walkthrough that I conducted during the daytime at a local property in my hometown of Chillicothe, Ohio, Ohio's first capital. It was before the second annual Chillicothe Ghost Walk. This was in 2008, and it was in the historic downtown district of Chillicothe, Ohio, 
where the Erie Canal used to go through, which is now known as Water Street. And the upstairs now apartment area of this property, which beneath it was at that time Lloyd's Sweet Shop. And the upstairs during the days of the canal was a brothel. Uh, and at another time, it was uh, like group housing. But at this time, I'm doing a daytime walkthrough, and I brought my son with me, who was fastly approaching the age of two. He was able to walk around and had a bag of candy that I had acquired from Lloyd's Sweet Shop before making our way up there. Yes, I take my children on research and walkthroughs and investigations sometimes. And accompanying us on this walkthrough was one of the founding members of the Women's League of Voters of Ross County, Ohio. They were the ones that were promoting and bankrolling this downtown ghost walk. And they chose me as the primary expert on all things paranormal in preparation for the ghost walk. So they had me walk with uh, one of their members upstairs to what at one time was a brothel. And as I'm walking around, this the stairwell that leads up to the top floor is extremely narrow. Uh, I'm assuming because at that time there were no trans fats in food or hormones, growth hormones in our food. So people were considerably smaller back then on average. And now we have an obesity problem in the United States. So it's going to be a bit more difficult for some people to make their way up this stairwell. But fortunately, during the ghost walk, when it happened a few weeks later, people of all shapes and sizes were able to scale those stairs, make it in, and experience the paranormal that was in this property firsthand. Now, as I reach the top of the stairs, I'm holding my son, and he's clenching his brown bag of candy. Now, some of this candy, you got your basic chocolate coins wrapped in the foil. You have some of your import chocolates and various other gadgetry like novelty items, you know, because I like to splurge on my kids. So this was way before Bella was born too. She came along two years later. So as I'm walking around with him, I put him down to walk next to me, holding his tiny hand. And in his other hand, he's holding that same bag. And I'm just conversing back and forth with this member of the Women's League of Voters. And before she even tells me anything about the property, I immediately get a sense of female energy, not just from her, but overall strong female energy in this property in the upstairs. And I could smell old world cooking taking place or having had taken place at one point in time in this area. Now, you know, that's all old 19th century, 20th century, um, late 19th century wallboard, of course, and food and other various aromas like pipe smoke or cigar smoke will bake into the wallboard. And due to changes in atmospheric climate change or whatever, those aromas will expel from the wallboard, almost as if the board, the wall itself is breathing. So you get a whiff of that and you're immediately taken aback to another time. So I could smell like old lard 
and old fried food and various other types of aromas, pipe smoke, um, old world perfumes. It just sort of lingered in the upstairs of this property. And as I'm turning a corner and walking past one of the rooms, because there's a room to the left, room to the right, and three rooms ahead. Now, this upstairs area goes on and on and on. It's all interconnected to the neighboring properties and the properties in the back. This is one city block here that is a part of the historical downtown district. And I go from one room to another, and I keep feeling like something's running from me. Like I've discovered it and it knows that I feel it, that I notice it, and it moves from room to room. Luke immediately starts reacting. That's my son. As I'm holding him over my shoulder, because I pick him up before we walk further back because it's a bit darker there and I wasn't sure of the flooring, if it was strong enough to support us. So I have him over my shoulder and he starts giggling and reaching out to something behind me. And I turn, I don't turn my full body. I just turn my head and look out of the corner of my eye. And he has his hand over both of his eyes. The only hand that's not clenching the bag of chocolates. And then he giggles and moves his hands away from his eyes and then back over the eyes. He was playing peekaboo with something behind me that I could not physically see. But I could metaphysically feel the energy of what he saw with his own eyes. And this went on for about five minutes. And we go further back. I take a left. A few more rooms here and there. And this thing continues to follow us. So at this point, when we reach the main foyer area of the upstairs, beyond all the rooms, beyond the kitchen, beyond the one bathroom that was up there for all of these rooms, I sit him down on a folding table that's up there. And he turns and faces the other way while I'm having a conversation with the representative from the Women's League of Voters about the plans for the ghost walk, where I'm going to be sitting, where they're going to set up my table. Because I would, of course, at this point in time, be selling the first book I ever had published. At, at that point in time, I had only had one book out. This was in 2008. I was a new author, a relatively unknown regionally or statewide or even beyond that. I was just on the lips and minds of a few people. No big deal. And this was way before my podcast or YouTube channel or appearances and documentaries and working with independent film companies and paranormal films and so forth before my IMDB page. It was a humble beginning. And when I sit Luke on this table, he starts blabbing away and conversing with something that's in the corner that I can feel is there, but I don't see it. It's not revealing itself to me. He still sees it. And he opens up his bag, reaches his hand in, and holds out one of the foil-wrapped chocolates and keeps saying, here, here, here. And he puts his hand down and for like five seconds, that freaking foil-wrapped chocolate sort of hovers there as he puts his hand down. And then it just drops on the table. And he takes out a little toy car that was in the bag that I also acquired from the novelty section of this chocolate shop for him. 
and he rolls it on the table and it stops rolls it a little way and it stops right at the edge and both the representative for the women's league of voters and myself are watching this happen and the car stops turns around like someone placed their thumb and index finger on it and twisted it around and pushed it right back towards him he giggled with delight it was a great time for him but it was a little unsettling because I couldn't see the damn thing. But he was fully interacting with some metaphysical apparition. And, you know, I've told him this story to this day. In fact, I wrote about the encounter in my second book, which is titled Haunted Chillicothe, all about the history and mystery of this paranormal hotspot that I live in. My first book was titled Paranormal Chronicles. Tales of humor, horror, and the absolutely strange. And that was a first attempt to essentially dip my toe in the water of the literary world to see where it would take me. Because I just wanted to share stories that my grandmother had relayed to me of her experiences and encounters and people around her, what they saw and heard and witnessed. And my great aunt and my uncles who served in uh, the Vietnam War and what they saw overseas and witnessed paranormal encounters, weird beasts of the jungle, uh, UFO sightings, ghosts, name it. That's what I wrote about in the first book. My own personal experiences, and that's why this story I just shared with you made it to my second book, because it truly was a powerful experience involving a child and the paranormal. Please hold for an important word from our sponsor. Available to order now. My first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available. And last spring, my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal.com at gmail.com that is parks paranormal at gmail.com standing by that's all i can do for this week folks i'm sorry it's a shorter episode but i am still in a lot of pain and i'm sitting with my leg elevated yes but not really feeling up to too much this week so join me next week for a much larger episode and I hope you have a terrific Halloween. We're moving into Thanksgiving now. Tomorrow will be the beginning of November. And this upcoming weekend is Daylight Savings Time. So have a great rest of the week. A terrific evening. And thank you so much for tuning in to Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. So long. Always wanna go, but you never wanna stay.